Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. I'm a workaholic, and, and I can acknowledge that. I'd like to think today I'm a recovering uh, workaholic. And, and some of you out there, you know uh, where I'm coming from with that because you may be wired the same way. But at one time, my priorities were very out of line, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't even know it. I just assumed that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing and didn't really have a recognition that that was something that was going on in my life. But when this was uh, made known to me, God started to painfully change it. And I asked him to, but started to painfully change it. And a lot of people would ask me because I did not have a church whenever I was coming to Tennessee at the time. And people would ask me, well, what are your plans? What are you going to do next? What, what does the future look like? And I told them, I said, my only plans right now are to date my wife and to make up for some time that I feel like we have definitely missed because of my busyness. Early in ministry, I had issues with, with people pleasing. I had never recognized that as a problem for me. Never thought that was an issue, something like that. But then as a result of a larger role of leadership that I'd ever had before in a, in a, in a growing larger church, I started to recognize it, and God revealed to me uh, that it was a problem, and that it was a problem that I needed to, to deal with. And then I went through a painful process of pruning, a, a painful process of, of trimming. And the result was that I came out different. And the truth is that there are a lot of followers of Jesus that are in this room right now that are absolutely wonderful people, and their desire really is beyond anything to seek the kingdom in their lives. But they are going through a very, very, some of you that are in this room right now and others that are uh, listening online right now to the live stream that are going through very, very difficult things. You feel like you're doing everything right, but it just seems like the circumstances in your life continue uh, to go in a, in a bad way. And some of you are, you're blaming God for this. You're blaming God for this because you assume that things are supposed to be a lot better and they're not supposed to look this way. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're in the second part, the second week of a five-week series titled Remain. I'm going to ask you again, and I'm pleading with you, if you haven't done this yet, please take the opportunity especially as we're coming out of a series on Scripture, to read John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. Make a note in the column of your Bible on your Connect card, if you use it to take notes somewhere, to read John 15, 1 through 17. I feel like some of us should be reading it three or four days a week uh, as we go through this series because it's so nuanced that there's something new for us to figure out and see every single time that we read it, John 15, 1 through 17. There's one story 
that we're looking at, often referred to when people talk about it as the vine and the branches. If you weren't here last week, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast so that you know exactly where we are with what we're talking about today. A lot of last week was the context of the story. So John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17, that's what we're going to look at again. If you want to follow on the screen, you can. If you want to to open it up in your Bible, if you want to use your phone, however it is that you choose uh, to go about it, John chapter 15, and we're going to be in verses 1 through 17. I'm going to read this passage in its entirety again. I am the true vine, and my father is the vineyard keeper. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit, and he trims, or as some of your translations say, prunes any branch that produces fruit so, so that, that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. You are already trimmed because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. A branch can't produce fruit by itself, but must remain in the vine. Likewise, you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, and I said this has been my theme verse for this year, John 15, 5, without me, you can't do anything. If you don't remain in me, You will be like a branch that is thrown out and dries up. Those branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever and it will be done for you. My father is glorified when you produce much fruit and in this way prove that you are my disciples. As the father loved me, I too have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have said these things to you so that my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. This is my commandment. Here it is. Love each other just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than to give up one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I don't call you servants any longer because servants don't know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because everything I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you could go and produce fruit and that fruit would last. As a result, whatever you ask in the father's name, second time this is said, he will give you. If you give these commandments, I give you these commandments so that you may love each other. Now, the Common English Bible, which is what I read out of a lot, uses the word trimming. But many of your translations, probably the majority of the translations that you're looking at right now, uses pruning. And that's the word that we're going to use today. So the truth is that some of you that are in here today are in a very strong season of pruning. If you have not, if you're not right now, you have been, or you will be in the future. And my goal today is to help you to understand why and also what to do about it. So life is in a difficult place right now. You don't understand why the circumstances at work, why the issues in your marriage, why the problems that you're having financially, whatever it might look like, why you're struggling psychologically, why things never seem to go your way, why junior high or high school 
are so difficult, you can't understand why these things are actually occurring. Let's go back to verse 2 and see what it says, because this is going to be a key verse for today. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit, and he trims or prunes any branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. Now, when we think about agriculture, this seems like a natural process, but it's actually very, very, very painful. So a couple things today that I want us to look at that are distinctly different. First, removing and pruning. It's very important for the disciples and it's very important for you as a follower of Jesus to understand the difference between removing and pruning or trimming, which is where we'll spend the majority of the time. First, let's briefly consider the branches that are removed. Whenever Jesus talks about this, this seems to carry a negative connotation. All right. For example, for a long time, translators have wondered what this verb ayo actually means. It does mean to carry off or throw away, but it also means to lift up. So when we see carry off or throw away into the fire, that is traditionally the way that we've understood this passage. And it may be the way that it is supposed to be understood, but it also means to lift up like you're elevating sagging branches so that they can produce more fruit. Either way, there is a dangerous problem with production regarding fruit. Fruit is not being produced the way that it's supposed to be produced. And that is the goal. Do you, did, you, did you notice in the, in the passage, or if you've looked at it um, a few times on your own, what is evidence that you are my disciples? That you're producing fruit. So whenever I mention Ryan and Sarah and their commitment to Sean, that's what I'm talking about in the area of, we want fruit produced very quickly. We want large crowds. We want lots of salvations and baptisms. We want the numbers to go through the roof. But the truth is, in my experience, real, lasting, genuine fruit happens very, very slowly. The same way that you notice that it's cultivated in nature. So what about trimming? And what about pruning, which is what a lot of you are going through today? So before we get into this ancient language, simply consider why pruning occurs. Why does, let's just take the human equation out of this for just a second and talk about plants. Why is it that it occurs? It's to get more out of the plant or out of the tree. Something is pruned, something is trimmed to get more out of something. We had this beautiful silver maple in our yard in, in Kentucky at the house that we had bought, and I thought that was one of the prettiest trees all seasons. I loved that tree, but then whenever we would hire somebody to trim it so that it would stay out of the, you know, the cable lines and things like that, it was one of the ugliest things that I've ever seen. The trimming and pruning process is very, very ugly. So pruning in an agricultural sense removes dead and dying branches and stubs, allowing room for growth and protecting your property 
from damage. It also deters pests. It keeps bugs away and animal infestation and pr- pr- promotes the plant's natural shape and healthy growth. So what you have to ask yourself if you're struggling today If you're going through a difficult moment, if you just can't seem to figure out why things aren't working out, you need to ask yourself, am I carrying around any dead branches? Am I carrying around anything in my life that is hurting my relationship with God? Maybe it's a bad relationship, and you just will not let that person go. And your family is constantly telling you, you are nuts. Leave her. This is not good for you. This situation at work, this toxic thing that you're involved in, it is not good for you. Yet you continue to drag around these bad branches. What if it's your attitude that keeps you from enjoying life? What if it is a wound from the past that continues to come up? What if it's that you do not trust the security that God brings to your life? You know, I've learned about a lot of people that mope and complain about the things that they're going through. Woe is me. My life's hard. God must not care about me. God doesn't want to take care of me. The truth is, and they've called themselves Christians for a long time, they really don't trust God. They don't. They have never reached that place where they say God or nothing. They're just not there. And they're in a place where their spirituality was all centered on them and what helped them. But the second that that snipping and that trimming and that pruning starts to occur, well, God must be mad at me. Well, God doesn't like me. And the biggest mistake they could make, and I see see it almost every single day, And we're going to talk about this later. They walk away from the pruning process. And they continue to drag around all these dead branches. People that are around me all the time dragging around all these dead branches in their lives. It's a real thing. So what does pruning specifically mean in the context of the disciples? And then what does it look like in your life? This is the only occurrence in the New Testament, where this is used. And at this stage, let's just throw in verse 3 for good measure, okay? Jesus tells the disciples, you are already trimmed, or you are already pruned because of the word I have spoken to you. He's given them the good news. So to prune, kathairo in Greek literally means, if you're being pruned, to make something clean. It means to make something clean in your life. So here's the strange thing that's going on. Some of you are just going through hard times and it has nothing to do with God because you're not in a relationship with God. But I'm talking about those of you that are truly pursuing Jesus. God, what do I need to do next? I will, it does not matter what happens in my life. I trust in you. I want to follow you. Please show me. And things continue to go wrong. It it seems that there are continual problems. This is what's going on with the meaning of pruning. God is taking me through a special, painful process in order, number one, to make me cleaner, 
all right? Because some of us are not clean. We're dragging around the dirty branches or or the, the old branches. And then number two, to produce more fruit in our lives through the process of this cleanliness. This is the essence of the spiritual life. This is spirituality 101. If you are a follower of Jesus, what does it mean? It means that you have significant issues that you can't fix on your own. So God sends you through a pruning process in which through obedience, you continue to say, I don't like this, but I am going to walk through this. And then as you walk through this, the outcome and what you see is something completely different that produces fruit that you never could have produced otherwise in your life. Real life example. All right, let me give you a real life example. I've talked about anxiety a lot lately, and I think it's just because of some of the things that I've been going through. But anxiety is a, is a horrible thing. It affects your, your, your whole body. You feel like you're going crazy, uh, racing thoughts. You know, you, you feel like you could die. You, you, you feel like your heart is accelerating. Some people feel like they can't leave their home. And the thing is that we want to blame God often. God, why would you put me through this? But here's the thing. What feels in the moment like incredible pain or unfair is actually making you cleaner. And you can't see that in the experience. You can't see that while it's going on, but something is transforming and changing within you that is completely otherworldly. Feels like certain death. You don't even want to get out of bed, but you're actually growing so that you can bear more fruit in your life. This is if you're choosing not to walk away from the pruning. All right, uh, another example. Let me give you this one. Suppose you fall head over heels in love, and you are convinced with everything in you that this is the person for you, and you've been together for eight months, nine months. They check off all the boxes. Everything seems right. Based on your criteria for a, for a, a, a soulmate, this, this is the person. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, they break up with you without any kind of explanation whatsoever. What do you do about that? The first place that we tend to go is to blame God. When this is always part of a pruning process so that you can see things that you would not have seen otherwise. And through this growth and through this development, so see, this is what he's trying to teach the disciples. Through this growth and through this development, this is what is being learned. Your worst days and your hardest days and your most awful days with Jesus are better than your best days without him. You can have an amazing home, the wife, the husband, the car, the career, all of these things. But when you go deep into the spiritual essence of what you were made to be, 
And you say over and over, I'm choosing Jesus. I'm choosing Jesus. I'm choosing Jesus. I don't care what this looks like. I don't understand these circumstances. I don't understand why this death happened. I don't understand why I'm so fearful. I don't understand why there's not money in the bank. I don't understand these things. But I'm choosing you over and over again. And as you say that in your anxiety, when you are choked up with fear and can't do it, you don't see it. But it's snip, snip, snip. All these falsehoods, all these parts of yourself that were never meant to be there. You see, when John was sitting there and listening, he wasn't just growing closer to God. He was growing closer to John. He was learning what he was made for, and it was not what his expectation was. It was not what he dreamed about in college. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to set the world on fire with my career. I'm going to have the perfect family. But then tragedy strikes in so many different forms. And you're lonely and you hurt. And you say, why? Why will my spouse not come to church with me? Why does my family continue to hurt me? Why did, why did my best friend betray me? Why did God allow this thing to happen? Why is my child disabled? Why am I struggling in this way? God, I don't know, but I'm going to continue to walk forward. Snip, snip. Snip, pruning, change. And one day you wake up and you recognize, I'm someone I never could have imagined. But I'm better. And I have what I never knew I wanted. And life means something that I never could have imagined. Things that I didn't want are here because of the process of pruning. When discussing the dark night of the soul, St. John of the Cross said this, God perceives the imperfections in us and because of his love for us is not content to leave us in our weakness. And for this reason takes us into the dark night. No soul will grow deep in the spiritual life unless God works passively in the soul by means of the dark night. I'd like to read that again. God perceives the imperfections in us and because of his love for us is not content to leave us in our weakness. And for this reason, takes us into the dark night. No soul will grow into the deep spiritual life, which is what we crave. Not this superficial junk. Go to church on Sunday, sing, 
live like hell through the rest of the week. Watch what you want to watch. Stream what you want to stream. Stay on your phone all the time. Gossip about people. No, the deep essence of the spiritual journey requires pruning. And did you know you don't get to choose the pruning? God's snip me a little here. I can handle this. You know, God, take just a little bit right here. And I think, no, he wrecks your world so that you can understand who God really is. The disciples had no chance. They had no chance whatsoever without pruning. What does pruning look like? Loss. Some of you in here know what loss is. Anxiety. Stress. Changing circumstances. I hate changing circumstances that lead to anxiety and stress. Depression, overwhelming tragedy, exhaustion, recognizing our limits, confusion, and the list goes on and on and on. Why does pruning have to look like that? Why does pruning have to look like the dark night? One simple answer. It's the only way God is ever going to get your attention. Because when things are good, and you've got your superficial Sunday face on, and everything's okay because you've got your three-second devotion in the morning, you've got your, your social media post to let everybody know that you're a Christian, you never recognize anything. But when it feels like your guts are pulled out, when it feels like you can see your beating heart before you dying, snip, 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 he's pruning. And he's working away at all of the impurities within you to make you cleaner and to make you clean, uh, closer. You know, individuals are not the only ones that go through periods of pruning. Churches go through pruning. I don't know if you guys know this, but we've been through a season of pruning. Marriages go through pruning. Families go through pruning. Ministry teams that are trying to work together that all of a sudden have to face and then resolve a conflict go through pruning. The pruning in this moment for the disciples will look like changing circumstances. It will look like loss. It will look like anxiety. It will look like all of the above with what we just mentioned because, because their friend, their teacher, their leader is leaving them. And all of a sudden they have to figure out what it is that they are supposed to do. Please understand this. The disciples could have never planted faith communities all over their world if it had not been for pruning. If it had not been through circumstances that the majority of us will never, ever, ever be able to imagine because you've never had something held to your head for your head to be chopped off because of your faith. So, what can we learn from this? For those of you that are in a dark place, for those of you that are in a struggling place, 
What is it that we can learn from this? Please hear me today when I say this first one. Please hear this. Never walk away during the pruning stage. Because I'm going to tell you what I see. My depression is overwhelming. God's forgotten me. My marriage has turned things into a public humiliation for me. God would never allow that to happen. Those church people, all of a sudden, they've turned their back on me, and they're just mean. Probably some truth in that. Nobody likes me anymore. I lost my job. And you know what happens when that pruning and that shaping is going on? They walk away, and they drown it out, and they never remain in that moment and say, I am here, and I am not going to budge. You trim away, you prune, you snip, you do whatever you have to do because I am yours, and you are my first love. Instead, people choose to walk away. Make the decision today, if you're in the middle of a serious pruning phase, if you're in the midst of a difficult place, that you are not going to walk away. Number two, and some of you need to hear this, don't assume you know more than the farmer. Because that's something else that people do. Keep in mind, your identity is as a branch. Last week, go back and listen. Never assume that you've got it figured out. It can be very tempting, but fruit will always be better than fear every single time. Because the beauty of this, again, is the fruit that we get to see. And then number three, trust that remaining will always lead to the best version of yourself. It is always, last week we talked so much about identity, it is always going to lead to the best version of yourself. What did I just say? John, the beloved disciple, uh, Peter, uh, Thomas, for example. Thomas is not just learning more about the father or the farmer. He's not just learning more about the vine. He's learning more about himself as a branch. Now, there are some of you in here today, and you're brokenhearted. You're hurting. You're going through something. Or maybe you've even been in a position yourself when you find your spiritual life stale right now because you've been in that very moment and you've made the decision, instead of remaining, you're going to go your own way. God doesn't love me. God's not good. God doesn't care about me. And you've decided to step away. We're going to open up this altar this morning. And you know what? You may need to grab your spouse's hand because you've not remained together. You may need to ask someone to come down and pray, or you may just need to use this altar because you know you're in a tough spot right now, and you continue to see the glass is half empty, your life's over, everything's bad, 
things can't get better. When, when, again, that's not your responsibility. That's a responsibility. It's not your responsibility to worry. It's not your responsibility to try to figure things out. It's not your responsibility to have all the answers. It is your responsibility to remain. Father, we come to you this morning. I pray that the Holy Spirit falls on this place. And God, that you give us the, the, the courage uh, to start today, Father, if we're struggling with, with, with remaining, Father, if we're struggling with abiding, and we call this staying put uh, through the process and the difficulty of adversity, unleash the Spirit among us and the freedom that only the Spirit brings. God, pour our hearts out before you. In the name of Jesus, amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.